You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, 49ers fans? It is absolutely incredible to be with everybody today. Uh, hopefully everybody had a wonderful Christmas and people had a good time with their families, if that's what you celebrate. Love all the hashtag CCs. And let me just throw this out there. We are giving away a hat on tomorrow's show. Okay, there's two way one of these residency bad boys uh, because we hit uh, 20,000 over on the Twitter bird app, which is awesome. Um, very, very thankful for all of the uh, people coming through. So get your hashtag CCs in. I'm counting today's and tomorrow's show um, and we'll announce the winner of the hat over there on tomorrow's show. We're going to be giving two of those away uh, this week. We already gave one away to Patreon. Um, congrats to Chuck, who guessed. Uh, closest to Christian McCaffrey's total yards. We uh, do Patreon preferred giveaways all the time. So that's over there. Thank you, Melissa. She says, congrats on hitting 20K. Um, it's crazy when you think about it. 20,000 people is a lot of people. Uh, most of them are bots, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> now today, I'm excited for one of two reasons. You know, I woke up early and tried to do my traditional like, okay, Monday morning, it's film breakdown time. We're going through, you know, Patreon, all that stuff. Well, the NFL, thankfully, and I like this, this is a good problem. Um, gave off their film people, uh, apparently, because none of the film was loaded from the NFL. So uh, woke up early this morning, did not get a chance to break down film, but it was kind of a nice morning just going through stats and different types of things, and that's kind of the stuff I want to share with you today. So we're going to be going over the good and bad grades um, through pro football focus, but also pro football reference, paid attention to some stats, where the 49ers rank offensively, defensively, all those things, and all of that um, while getting to your questions. So Clayton is not with me this morning, so if you guys – um, want to throw in, uh, just tag me in the chat, then please, please, please let me know. And we will go, um, forward with that. And, uh, 
Andes BK says, hey, John, do we figure out the NFI controversy? Man, I'm holding to my guns there uh, until I, I've looked and looked and I've had other people look and look. The fact that Curtis Robinson coming off the pup counted, um, I just think it counts. Uh, it goes through with what it is. I wish I was wrong, but I don't think that it's really going to be a main issue because I don't think that they're going to be bringing back the rookie, Kalia Davis, or I guess bringing up the rookie. And he not coming back. He hasn't played at all. Um, I don't think they're going to. And let, let's allow this. I was going to start with the offense, but uh, that question, I love it. Let's talk about the top-graded defensive players for the 49ers. Now, again, this is off of pro football focus. It's not gospel by any stretch. But I think that it provides a really, really good snapshot on how players did snap in, snap out, right, on a positive or negative grade. So basically what they do, and if you don't understand, um, you can receive a plus two points or a minus two points. So um, whatever. You take that. There were 73 defensive snaps which was a little more than I thought. I was, I, I, My guess was 62. They got 73. Uh, they did start throwing the ball late. But the number one player, yeah, shocker, Nicholas Bosa. That dude, he's unreal, man. Played 55 of 73 snaps, okay? Had a 92.2 grade. 90 and above is all pro, elite, very, very difficult to get. Um, 91.9 pass rush, 75.5 tackle, 76 flat run defense let's go through some of these stats he had eight total pressures that's stupid especially whatever you consider there were only 27 pass rush snaps that he was in there for he got eight pressures on 27 snaps so basically one out of every three uh, 3.5 one out of every 3.5 snaps that dude's getting a pressure on the quarterback he had two sacks plus this doesn't keep taken into effect the two-point conversion sack, uh, <laughs> which was funny whenever, you know, Kyle and him were asked about it. It, it was pretty funny because they're like, yeah, uh, probably should count, but it's what it is and whatever else. I, I mean, it's just, it's interesting whenever you look at just, he's unreal, man. Th there's no doubt who the best player on the field was. Offense, defense, both teams. It was Nick Bosa consistently. And shout out to the Honorable Juan Salas, uh, who worked during his Christmas break. I love that man. He's just, he's awesome. Worked during his Christmas break. He got some of these clips for us. Here is the head coach himself talking about just how great Nick Bosa is. Um, it's awesome. Uh, who are you talking about? Nick Bosa. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear the first part. Oh, yeah, I was like, it's great. Um, just, it's a lot better than when you don't feel like anyone is. That's not fun in that situation. And uh, to have Nick on defense um, is great. we got so many players out there. Um, but always when you have a pass rusher who is as good as Nick, um, those are the guys who have the best way to change the game. Um, I, on that last drive, it's so hard for me because i got to do my job and take them out. Um, and I know he's going to look at me right away when I do that because he wants to keep adding up his sacks. But um, I had to do that for the Niners. Yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome, and I'm glad that he took him out. Bosa even said, I don't have that clip, but said, yeah, I get why he took me out. It makes sense. Uh, he's like, I gave him you know, a little, I, th I think he called it guff, uh, which was interesting. Uh, we'll see there. Melissa says, John, is there a John and Wayne show tomorrow? Man, I have not talked to Wayne about this. My wife has a Christmas party during the traditional John and Wayne time tomorrow. Um, so I've got to reschedule with Wayne. We will have a John and Wayne show. We're going to be in Vegas this week. 
So you're going to get a lot of John and Wayne content. Um, but the timing for tomorrow, we will have to see. My oldest son's back in town as well. So I'm trying to spend as much time with him as possible and all those things. So the schedule might be a little wonky this week. Uh, just please a little leeway there. Uh, but if you follow us on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman um, or on YouTube where most of you guys are watching this now, as soon as I know, I'll put the live show up in the schedule so that you guys can see when that's coming. Uh, but yeah, there will be a show tomorrow. Uh, just not quite sure when. Uh, trying to piece these things. It reminds me of whenever I was teaching and coaching last year where I would have like a 55-minute window to record a 40-minute show, and it was just like you got to move pieces around. Uh, it's just what it is. What's up, Camper? Dude, the man. If you guys haven't checked out the Camper Report uh, on YouTube, go do that. This kid knows his stuff. Um, I've been on a show. He knows what he's talking about. I love it. Um, now, so Nick Postal was number one, number two. This is, you know, if you watched the live reaction show, I said the two players that stood out most, Nick Bosa and number 75, Jordan freaking Willis. Dude came out and balled. Um, he had an 87.5 grade. He only played 28 out of 73 snaps. But pay attention to these snap rates for defensive ends. Samson played a lot, 49 snaps. Uh, so, again, Bosa 55, Samson 49, Jordan Willis 28. Um, keep going down, keep going down, keep going down. Is that it? Oh, there we go. Charles Minihu 35. So they were rotating those bad boys consistently. But, man, that's healthy. That's healthy. And, you know, I told you when we were doing the scouting report, there's a big difference between the 49ers and Washington because they don't rotate. They keep their guys in like crazy. You look at their defensive line, Deron Payne, 50. Jordan, uh, Jonathan Allen, 50. Um, Montez Sweat, 47. Chase Young, 30. He was on a little bit of a snap count. But they wore down. Their studs wore down. And that's one of the big reasons why in the second half, the 49ers pulled away. Uh, they were, and, and again, I feel like the 49ers were in control the whole game. The score may not have reflected that after the turnover from Jawan Jennings or whatever else, but it was seven to seven and a half. It didn't feel like seven to seven. It really didn't. And when the game was over, it's 37 20. They could have scored again at the end. Like that was a 20 plus vi point victory. And really, to be honest with you, it felt closer to. The 35-7 type game against the Bucks. that's what the game felt like. It was dominated. There were some penalties. There were turnover. Those things kind of shifted it a little bit. But you still won by 17. It was still a blowout. You cover the spread, and the spread was a full touchdown? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, Bose is the man. Um, yeah, Bose is the man. There's no doubt about it. Now, sticking with it, um, just top-rated defenders. Ambry Thomas, who only got six snaps. And, you know, they they were all in coverage. He got a 78.1. He was never targeted. Um, oh, was he targeted? No, he wasn't targeted. But that's awesome. And wonderful to see that. And Michael Dumfor. Dude just picked up off the scrap heap. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. But, you know, he was drafted in 2020. Oh, he was a free agent in 2021 to the Jets. Came out of Rutgers, 6'1", 296. That dude just came out of nowhere. And he played well, 22 snaps. That's the reason why Drake Jackson was inactive. They felt they needed more help on the inside this week than they did on the outside. This kid comes in and played really, really well. He had two pressures. He had one tackle, one solo stop, and 22 snaps. That's incredible. So back to this idea of Kalia Davis that we talked about earlier. I don't think he's going to be brought back because 
man, you're getting solid defensive tackle play from Michael Dumfor, and Javon Kinlaw came back and played 16 snaps, made a huge impact. Again, Kinlaw's not going to show up a lot of times on the stat line. That's not really what he does. Um, he did have one tackle, one solo stop, and 16 snaps. But, man, you go watch that fourth and one on the goal line, that's Kinlaw all the way. That's the impact that he makes. So Armstead's back, Kinlaw's back. You know, now you got this dumb four guy. I thought he played really, really well. You got Ty McGill, didn't grade out well, but Akeem Spence actually had one of his best games. He got 19 snaps. Defensive tackle, and that was against a stout running attack. They did their damn job. And probably one of the coolest stats of the whole year, and shout out to my man Jack. I don't know if he's watching this right now. I saw it on his Twitter feed. I can't take credit for it. The 49ers have not allowed one rusher of over 100 yards, 90 yards, 80 yards, 70 yards, or even 60 yards rushing. Not one. Now, teams have higher than that, but not one rusher has rushed for over 60 yards against the 49ers. That's stupid. That's stupid good. Um, and it makes sense. <laughs> it's just, and the fact that they're doing that out of base personnel, they're not doing bare man fronts and all that kind of stuff. They might blitz sometimes, but you watch the 49ers offense play, there's six off defensive linemen. You watch the, you know, Washington Commanders, there's four defensive linemen. It's just weird how things are going right now. Um, and it all starts right there with the man, David. He knows his stuff. Bosa's our MVP. Should be uh, up for league MVP. He's playing that damn well. He's got to be defensive player of the year. This guy's just, whew. Uh, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, Melissa, she says, John, can a non-pro bowler make all pro? Yes, he can. I want to see Drake Greenlaw get some love. Um, he has been, it's, Drake Greenlaw has been incredible. This was not one of his best games. Uh, in fact, he was rated the worst 49ers on the field. He received a 33.3 grade. So, He's been unreal, and, you know, I'm a Drake Greenlaw guy. This wasn't it. Um, this was not his game. He played 66 snaps. Uh, they pulled him at the end whenever they pulled all the guys. But, yeah, he, he just didn't play well. And a lot of it was coverage. He struggled in coverage, right? Almost had the interception, batted up, ends up going for a huge first down on third. And Drake Greenlaw is going to respond. Uh, but, yeah, this game wasn't it. But he, can he still make the All-Pro? He can. I doubt he will. Um I doubt he. I doubt he will. I hope he does, but it, it's rough. It's rough. There's no doubt about it. Now sticking with Fred Warner, he finished fifth with the 76th grade. Jimmy Ward, uh, right behind him at six, and then uh, Eric Armstead. He's the last player, number seven in the 70s. I thought he played well. 48 snaps, 72 grade. He had seven pressures, guys. Eric Armstead was all over the place. You had the interception. That was because of Eric Armstead. The dude just keeps bringing it. Six hurries, one quarterback hit, seven pressures. Dude, Eric Armstead's, he's so damn important. People just not going to understand. Uh, I, I just, and it's difficult because, like, it's hard to see with the broadcast view where it's tilted to the side what defensive line players and offensive interior line players are doing. It's just because it's just a mess. When you turn the camera to the end zone view, which is what offensive defensive line coaches use to grade offensive and defensive linemen, it just opens up and you can see everything. But you don't get that angle. Sometimes they'll show a highlight where you can kind of see, like they did on that fourth and one. Um, it, it's just it's it's kind of the it's just kind of the way it goes, right? 
Um, and so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I thought T.Y. looked productive. Um, he finished in the bottom five. He got 22 snaps with a 54 grade. He was bad tackling. He had two missed tackles. Um, and sticking with that, Talano Hufunga right below him. Two missed tackles as well. Hufunga didn't have a great game. He missed, you know, that huge freaking sack, which would have been huge. Um, coverage was suspect. You know, PFF, I've got to wait to go through the film, but PFF has both touchdowns against him. So, and a penalty. So, uh, and I think both those are correct. I thought it was quarters the first time I saw it, but it was cover two, that corner. Um, the first touchdown that was on him, he just took the cheese, which is his thing. And I think it's going to continue to be his thing. So we, we've got to see what that looks like. You know what I mean? Uh, Raphael thoughts on Kinlaw. Like we said, he didn't grade out well. He finished 17th out of 23 players with a 58 grade, um, had one tackle, one solo stop. But again, that fourth and one, oh my gosh, it literally took a touchdown off the board. And so you look at what has been the weakness of this team, go back to the loss against the Chiefs, go back to the loss against the Falcons. It was run up the middle. And so, yeah, they, they're they're freaking dominating right there. Steven, John, why didn't the refs recognize it was an interception instead of incomplete pass? Terrible refs, uh, just terrible. Was it because Kyle needed – he did challenge it. Um, they said it was non-reviewable and it was smart by the commanders. They hurried up and the refs helped them. Um, no, that was a flaw. There's so many flaws. The NFL is beautiful. The game is beautiful. American football, because it has to be re regulated, right? There's so many rules and whatever, like the rule book is nuts. Whenever I was coaching, I would always give my coaches and I would go through like, read the damn rule book. Okay. Read through it, mark it up, highlight it, put markers in there and bring it to the games. Because, you know, when it, high school coaches miss or high school officials miss stuff all the time. NFL, like, look how much NFL. And so, like, you literally, there, there are crazy rules uh, that, that are just what it's, it's weird. Like, okay, for example, this is one rule that shifted an entire game on my side. We were playing against a team that was doing cowboy punts. If you don't know what that is, that's where they catch it and basically, like, rugby style. They literally take, like, five steps to the right and then kick it on the run. Well, in the rule book, the kicker, the punter, is protected between the tackle box seven or more yards deep, okay? So that's like roughing the kicker and all those things. So when they ran, they would run their punter literally just straight to the right, and they would kick it. And usually they would kick it about six to five yards from the line of scrimmage and outside the tackle box. So I went to the officials before the game. I said, hey, just want to bring this to your attention. They run their punter out of the protected area, and I would show them on the rule book. Look right here. Right here, this is the you know Texas high school football rules. He is not protected if he gets outside that tackle. He's not protected. So we're going to bring our corner blitz on this. Our gunner's going to come up, and if he escapes out there, we're going through him. And sure enough, we blocked a kick, um, but it happened after we blocked a kick. So the first time, we didn't block it, but we ran into the kicker. They throw a flag. I come out with the rule book. Uh-uh-uh. They wave the flag. Their coach was pissed, whatever else, but like – there's so many little nuances, right? We did block a kick later in that game, though, uh, which was awesome. I was really proud of that. We won that game. Um, but there's lots of, like, little nuance to all these freaking rules. So much so, can't challenge this, can challenge that. It's total BS. I just, I really wish the NFL would go to full-time refs and remove them from the situation. When a ref puts his touch on a game, I hate it. I freaking hate it. 
Um, yeah, I hate it. Scott, yeah, I agree with you, man. He says, Scott says, Kinlaw had a great game, even though he was on a pitch count. He wanted to go back in. He wanted to. Um, and Kyle basically said, nope, <laughs> we're, we're not going to let you get Ed there. And he was asked about this. Uh, this is Kyle talking about Javon Kidlaw. Seemed like he did well. Um, you know, we were trying to play him 10 to 15 plays. I think on that last drive, I asked where he was at because he went in there. Um, but he was he was only at 13 at the time. So I think he got his two more and came out. And he came up to me on the sidelines asking if he could play more. He said he feels good. And I said, it's not about how you feel today. It's we want you to play more next week and the following week. So it seemed like a success for his first day back. I love it. Now, my guess is, this is my guess, I could be wrong, probably going to be held out or like limited in practice their first day back. No need to rush him through. No need for multiple days. See how he responds. Take it slow. Because, again, what has been his issue? It's the recovery time, right? It's after these games. So, again, next week. He got 16 snaps this week. I'd 20 maybe next week. Maybe less. Like, I maybe keep it at 16. No need to up that right now. Because these games, yeah, they matter. It's the Raiders. It matters. We'll be there. It matters. But... We've got bigger things in mind. We're not one of the teams that are scrapping to make the playoffs. We already there. We already there. Now, if you are going to the Raiders this week in Vegas, which I'm so pumped about, uh, my wife and family are going to be there too, which is going to be cool. So you get to meet the the entire Chapman clan. Um, come out. We're going to be out New Year's Eve from 1 to 4.30 p.m. at one of the coolest spots in Vegas, the Tailgate Social. Uh, it's in Palace Station over by the Strat. It's going to be incredible. By far one of the best places to watch a football game, which we're going to be throwing our party during the college football playoffs, which is going to be awesome. So we have our whole reserved it's going to be incredible we're giving away all kinds of stuff go get your tickets 49ersrushroadtrip.com and like i said we're in the playoffs and we've already got your tailgate spot set up okay we're going to be over in blue lot number one dj i mean wayne's going to be djing we're going to have food it's going to be incredible buying a tv getting the generator out there so we can watch the other games whenever they set the date it's going to be incredible so come hang out with us blue lot one Go get your tickets, uh, unlimited drinks, food, all that stuff, 49ersrushroadtrip.com. Now, I got to play this because, again, it's all about the playoffs in December. That's when you got to win. We talked about Jordan Willis playing well earlier. Listen to Kyle. I love this, man. Talking about Jordan Willis. I agree. I saw him every time. I mean, I noticed him a bunch, even there at the end. Um, Jordan, he's um, you're not going to hear him talk very much. He's our silent assassin. Um, but you guys saw how he stepped up for us last year, and he has his games, and uh, I messed with him earlier. But I feel like December is usually his time of year, December, January. Yeah, and that's what it's about, being a December player. And I'll tell you this right now. Nobody likes Jordan Willis more than Kyle Shanahan. Remember, this was a player that they traded for, that they targeted, that they loved, and this guy I think is going to be around for a while. They, they love this guy. Uh, so much so, they didn't have an issue with bringing, what's his name, um, Drake Jackson, a healthy scratch. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. George, what's up, man? He says, why did Kyle take out Bose on the last drive to protect him? Um... You know, we, we've seen injuries take place in games that are blowout, and this I, I was all for it. I get leaving your players out there to pad their stats. We've got bigger things in, in, in mind. If the 49ers were out of the playoffs, leave them in there. Let them play, whatever. But, no, we got to have him healthy. You do not win a Super Bowl without Nick Bosa. 
That's period. So for that, you got to keep them out there. 49er Gate says Jordan Willis did play lights out. Man, he was just showing up huge. Jimmy agrees. I love it. Um, Juan, what's up, man? Uh, his honor is here. I love it. Can't wait uh, for that wild card tailgating game. Hashtag CC. I love it, man. Freaking awesome. Daryl, thank you for the gift of the super chat. He says, hashtag CC countdown crew giving away this hat uh, or a residency hat. I'm not sure which one we're giving away. Probably the solid red one. I think this one's sold out right now. Um, we'll get more D-line help in the playoffs, which is just crazy. The 49ers defense isn't as good as it can be. It's not. That It's weird, right? It's weird. Yeah, Melissa, she says, we got uh, Jordan Willis from the Jets. Such a steal. Yeah, that was that was just huge. I mean, you don't win that divisional playoff game against you know the Packers without him. That block punt is huge. Shot Jay. He says, any word on what made Little Mooney nauseous? Yeah, Charvarius Ward left the game briefly, right? Um, he came back and seemed fine. But yeah, he went into the tent. And then it was just like, whoa, what's going on here? What's going on there? Came back out, seemed like it was fine, but it was weird. Here is what Kyle had to say about Charvarius Ward and Jordan Mason. Um, the guy, I didn't get to see it, but the guy got tripped up and went low on him. Um, I think he got more scared than anything. Thought it was going to be his knee for a little bit. And um, by the time he jogged off and told me, and they came back like five seconds later, said he was all right. When you said when he got checked out for everything, like well, yeah, he just told us that he was feeling nauseous. And so once he told us that with um, what, what happened last week, we sent him into the doctor. So they went through all that stuff and he ended up being fine. Good news is you got out of that with no issues. So, yeah, like what it was, who knows, man? Maybe he ate something weird because usually nausea can't be tied to concussions. And so you've seen that. So with him coming off the concussion, you just want to be careful. That's why they went to the medical tent. They went inside, did more checks, came back out. Then he was fine. So I love that the 40 hours would be an extra cautious. I wish he wouldn't have went back in. But at the same time, let's be honest, I feel much better knowing he went back in and was able to play now, right? Because instead, the questions would be, man, is he going to be able to play this upcoming week? We don't have to worry about that now. Two went back out there, played, and performed. Charvarius Ward was so good, in fact. This is what's crazy. They threw at him once. <laughs> the, the Chargers game plan was attack everybody not named Charvarius Ward. They threw at him once, and it was incomplete. Um, they threw at Greenlaw six times, Lenore five times, Warner four, Jimmy Ward four, Talanoa three, Burks three, um, Gibson three. Womack, who came in only 12 snaps, he got two targets, and that was in Charvarius Ward's spot, right? Um, and so, like, it's interesting the way that it kind of played out from a secondary perspective. Um, Sydney, what's up? Uh, appreciate the chat, uh, the contribution. Thank you. He said, is Purdy the Zach Wilson the Jets expected to get? I would argue not that they're kind of antithetical to each other in the fact that what made Zach Wilson so attractive is his live arm. That dude's got a freaking rocket launcher. Um, he's got a freaking cannon. Purdy doesn't have a cannon, but the plays look similar in the fact that he's scrappy, right? My three words that I used to describe Zach after the show was scrappy, um, awareness, and poise, I, I think. So Purdy has that. Like, he'll roll out. He'll make all these throws. But they're all kind of like, you know, over the rainbow throws. He doesn't have a live arm. 
but yeah, you're right. I mean, what would the Jets look like right now if they had Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo? Should have traded for Jimmy. Um, they'd be a playoff team guaranteed. With that defense, with that O-line, with that running game, yeah, just quarterbacks just destroying them. That, that's just the facts. Yeah, Sydney, I, I think you're exactly right. If they had them, they'd be in the playoffs. Easy. Um, easy. Uh-oh, are we got we get breaking news in this? Uh was there was there a head coach that was just fired? Uh let's see here. Yep, there we go. Um uh, <laughs> the Broncos have fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Wow. Captain Cringe coming through. Uh Russell Wilson, man, one of the worst trades. Poor Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he did a good job. Uh, but nah, he's not the one that should be fired. You can't fire Russell, though. You got all that guaranteed money. Wow, that's crazy, man. That is crazy. It's 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 weird. It's weird. Um, it's weird. That's weird to me. But hey, you take it and you move on. You take it and you move on. So that's kind of the defense and kind of how they played. Now let's switch over and let's talk about the offense. Um, and so let me know what kind of questions you got on the offensive play. I've got some starred that I want to get back to. But before we do that, best way to support the show, man, we hit 400 Patreons last week, which I that tickles me to death. Incredible, the support that you guys have had for me and the show and the entire team. But if you haven't joined yet, best way to support the show. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49ers podcast. And as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play from the last two and a half years. Every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon and 49ers. We're the first one that shows up. All right, let's get to some of the comments uh, that we've had over here, and I love it. Uh, you know, Nick asking what happened to Mason. We covered that earlier. Um, just he felt like a little give at his knee. You saw the ACL check on the sidelines. Guy gave him thumbs up, ran over. He was fine. But uh, the issue with TDP wasn't Mason's injury in the game. It was the tightness in his hamstring. And so early on, Kyle decided, like, look, you know, we are going to go the other way, um, you know, with, with what's going on with uh, what's it called? He, he said, you know, the tightness in the hamstring just flipped TDP up to uh, the number two spot. And TDP was all right. Um, not great. Finished 14th out of 18 possible offensive players with a 56.1. Did force three missed tackles, which I thought was good. You know, you look at the stat line, nine rushes, 30 did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. 
On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details cards against loaded boxes it was all right nothing really really great um but the number one player i think everybody could kind of guess this was none other than george kittle he had a 95.6 grade one of the highest grades it's almost impossible to get over 95 um from pro football focus like he was that dang good um and (laughs) you know it He's he's funny, man. It wasn't even his ball. <laughs> the, the first touchdown, listen to um listen to Brock Purdy. And we'll talk about Brock Purdy a little bit, but I want to spend time talking about the number one player, George Kittle. Listen to him talk about how he's throwing the ball to Ray Ray and Kittle came and took the ball. Yeah, I mean, I saw George go down the middle, but I was just trying to keep the ball, you know, really down towards the middle to, to the left side of the field for Ray Ray to run away from the corner that he beat. Um, and then all of a sudden George like hit second gear and like stole it basically. But, um, yeah, it was intentionally, um, supposed to go to Ray Ray. (laughs) And I, I freaking love it, man, because it's, you know, Kittle talked about how, you know, they practiced it in the week and he's supposed to flatten his route, but there was a defender there. And so he was like, man, I'm not going to just keep running to coverage. So he kind of just angled it up and ran to open space and listen to, uh, Head coach talk about it, man. I freaking love this. I mean, Kittle's supposed to go across the field. Ray Ray's supposed to run a post. Um, the middle of the field was wide open. Um, and Kittle's just natural reaction was to go to wide open spots. And um, I think that's probably why Brock hesitated a quick sec because it just looked weird with two guys there. But he still let a rip. And I'm just glad that Ray Ray didn't try to intercept it from him at that time. Yeah, and so it's kind of whatever it is. Kittle's incredible, man. Just what he's able to do, play in, play out, whether it's a run play, pass play, there's no weaknesses in his game. There's no weakness in his attitude. The dude is, he's incredible. And I know like people, it's weird because I go to a lot of these Niners games. I think I'll be at 12 this year when the season's over. 85 is the most represented jersey out there. I'll be really, really honest. It's the most worn jersey at Niner events. It's 85. 
It's 85. It's my son's favorite player, George Kittle. He loves him. But at the same time, anytime it's it's almost like a bell curve, right? Like the amount of people that love George Kittle, there's people that for some reason just have something out against him. Maybe it's his personality, irks people the wrong way. I don't know. Um, it, it's weird, but I just don't understand how people could not fall in love with this dude. I, I love him. George, yeah, he brings it up. Uh, Christian McCaffrey stole a touchdown ball from Kittle later in the game, and Kittle talked about how he's had five touchdowns called back because of penalties. So he said he's going to get it no matter what. He, If there's a way for him to get a touchdown, he's going to go out and get it. I love that mentality. Um, so let's look at where George Kittle is. He's got 713 yards receiving so far on the year. There's only two games left. So you're talking about to get to 1,000 yards, Kittle's going to have to get 290, which is that's a lot of freaking yards. But you look at what he's done in back-to-back weeks. I mean, he got 120 this week. He got 93 last week. I don't think that he can get there because of the games he missed. Remember, he didn't play in week one and week two, and there were several times that he just wasn't featured very much. I don't think he's going to get to 1,000 yards. Um, But touchdowns, I think, is important. You know, he's at his career high in touchdowns. He's never had over six. He's at eight. Never had over six touchdowns in a year. He's at eight. And I think this is kind of a testament to the 49ers as a whole. Offense is clicking, baby. You look at the ranks. You rank all 32 teams offensively, which Niners defense has been won forever. Defense, they creep it up, baby. We are top 10 now. We are eighth in points scored, and we're ninth in total yards. We were, I mean, this was like a slow, we were down below 16 for the first half of the year, slowly crept up. Now you're top 10. You're top 10 in almost every category offensively. We know defensively it's nothing but ones. But here we go. Let's just, I'll go across the board. This is pro football reference. Eighth in points scored, ninth in yards allowed. This is a 40 yards offense. Third in turnovers. That's, I would argue, probably one of the main reasons why the 49ers record is what it is and you have this win streak is because of how much you're protecting the ball. I know we had that turnover with Juwan Jennings, but that's incredible. Top three, fewest turnovers. That's great. Um, Eighth in passing touchdowns, fifth in interceptions, again low. Fourth in yards per pass. Ninth in rush yards. Ninth in yards. Sorry, ninth in rush attempts, ninth in rush yards, seventh rushing touchdowns, 14th yards per rush. It's good, man. And we're sixth in third downs, 44.7% on third downs. You're going to win a lot of games when you have the number one defense and the top 10 offense. You're going to win a lot of games. It's, yeah, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now back to uh, let, let's let's do some Purdy talk because he was number two. He finished with a seventy nine point seven grade. Now you look at the stats; they're good. He's always good. Fifteen of twenty two, two hundred thirty four yards, two touchdowns, one interception, three sacks, one hundred fourteen point six rating. You know the stats are blowing up on Twitter. You know quarterbacks that have won three straight their first three starts and two plus touchdowns Dan Marino and him you look at like the passer rating and their first three starts over a hundred and multiple touchdowns it's like Kurt Warner and him and I, I don't know man and you know Freddie says this 
I see a lot of people comparing Brock Purdy to Tom Brady's situation when Drew Bledsoe went down. Brady came in and took over the franchise. Have you seen Brady's stats uh, that year? Um, I haven't, but I can – shoot, let's do this. I can do this on the fly. I can do this pretty quick. Let, let's look because I haven't seen him. But let's go back to the year 2000. Jump in the DeLorean, ladies and gents. Let's talk about that. Tom Brady's first year, whenever he stepped in, and that's whenever he won everything and whatever else. 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yeah, 63% completion percentage. You know, you're just looking at those stats. That was the first year he stepped in, right? And, you know, got selected to the Pro Bowl. They went 11-3, and um, all that kind of stuff. That's Tom Brady's stats. Now, if we look at, you know, where Brock Purdy is on his stats, he's got eight touchdown passes, three interceptions. That's freaking awesome. 67% completion percentage. That's interesting. That's interesting. I haven't thought to look that up. I appreciate that. And I'm not saying he's he's Brady, but how do you not compare these issues? Steps in on a great team behind a great quarterback, you know, Bledsoe and Jimmy G. And you got these guys that were unheralded, that were picked late, super late. This guy's picked later than Tom Brady, by like 100 picks. Uh, not 100. Brady was 199. He was 262. So 63 picks later. I think it's 64 because you got to count the 200. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, semantics. But how do you take away the similarities? I don't know if you can. Can the story turn out like that? That's a question. And again, I try my hardest to stay away from all this hyperbole and like, you know, whatever. I, I want to be in this moment right now. How fun is it that we have a quarterback that came in against the Dolphins through two touchdowns, then his next three star starts through two touchdowns each, has protected the ball incredibly well. He's got three interceptions. One of them was on fourth down against the Dolphins whenever it was a great thing that it was intercepted. The second one was off Jawan Jennings, both of his palms of his hands. Not worried about that. Kid's protected the ball. Oh, kid has protected the freaking ball in every single facet. Now, okay, all right. Did the 49ers come out and set the world on fire? No, they didn't. You only scored seven points in the first half. That's an issue. Allow Brock to kind of explain himself. I think it's always a challenge when, you know, you drive the ball and you know that you're having success against a team and then you're not putting up points. And then your defense is, you know, creating momentum, getting stops, and then, you know, we're stalling on our end. So um, those are things that, yeah, are a little frustrating. I mean, honestly, um, we went into the locker room and, we just knew that, like, man, like, we're right there in terms of, you know, cutting it loose and playing our game. So um, those are all things that, you know, we got to come in and, and be real with ourselves and get better at. Um, and uh, that's part of it. But I think football, everyone knows it's a momentum game. You know, if you get some stops, you put up points, you do that multiple times, you create momentum. That's, that's how you win games. And so we hold ourselves to a high standard here. And um, we're going to be real with ourselves when we come back in on Monday and watch the game. So you walk away from this game in which you scored 30 points in the second half, which is bananas, without Debo Samuel, without Elijah Mitchell. Like, 30 points in the second half is stupid good. It's stupid good. You keep it by two, okay? The 49ers were one for five in the red zone. One touchdown out of five attempts. That's terrible. But, okay, let's provide some context. You nailed the ball out in victory formation in the red zone, right? So that's really one for four. 
Then you had the penalties from McGlinchey, which those are always going to be there. McGlinchey had a great game, by the way. Those two penalties were atrocious. I'm not excusing those. But if you look at what McGlinchey did, just, you know, McGlinchey was good. He had a 65.7 grade, was the seventh rated player with those penalties. Those penalties were huge. Dude played well. Um, he had the best pass blocking grade, um, and he had the best, second best run blocking grade. McGlinchey had a good game, really good game against Chase Young, against Montez Sweat. Against, he played really well. The two false starts, cool. All right. You can go at that all you want. I'm not taking that away. And if that just pisses you off more than anything, I totally understand that. I do. But this team struggled scoring touchdowns. And one of the reasons, Nick, I love this question. What's your opinion on Shanahan going forward on fourth down these past couple of games instead of getting points out there? Uh, let's give the defense cushion possible. That's my take. You go back to early in the year, everybody was pissed off because Kyle Shanahan wasn't being aggressive. My thing is this, okay, who are you? If you're the Detroit Lions, shout out to Don Burr, and you have the worst defense ever, you better go for it on all your fourth downs. You go for it on two-point conversions. You be aggressive, fake punts, fake punts. That's who you got to be because you're giving up 300-plus yards rushing to the damn Carolina Panthers, right? You're a terrible defense. You can't stop anybody. You're firing coaches midseason, still not working. You are not that team. You are not that team. You are a team that has one of the best defenses of all time, and you're playing against an inept offense team like the Commanders who can't score over 20 points to save their damn lives. So points are at a premium. This is John Chapman's take, and I know a lot of people are probably going to disagree with it. That's okay. This is just my take. Who is your team? Points are at a premium. You're not good in short yardage situations. Why? Because they load the box, whatever else. I hated the call. I really didn't like the call at all. The handoff to your fullback to run speed option into the boundary. I didn't like it. Um, and let's allow a conversation to take place, a dialogue, right? So let's let Kyle kind of speak what he said about it, and we'll break it down a little more. No, I just thought I thought we should have got him in the third and one. Um, I'll see the film. I just, my heart thought we should have got it. Um, and then I felt good about the next play too. So um, thought we could get it, like the look and stuff. We just came up short. There at the end of the game, it was just more, what was the difference between 13? And I think it was, what was it at the time? 13 or 10? Yeah, so it was, it was still going to be a two-score game, and once I had a little more time to think about it, actually, once I sent the field goal team on, it hit me. Fortunately, I had another timeout, so I um, used that and thought of a play to run on fourth and three. Yeah, so uh, shout-out to my man, Nick. He says, happy, uh, what's up, Merry Christmas. I love it, man. Nick's good people, great people. And so, like, okay, I'm just telling you right now, I would not be a fan favorite with this defense. I'm kicking field goals every chance I can. I don't care if it's fourth and one. If I can't quarterback sneak it, I'm kicking a field goal. Now, the second fourth down, which we went one for two, that was the correct call because you're up 10, right? And there wasn't that much time left. So 10 points, they have to score two touchdowns to win or to tie, whatever. Like, you kick a field goal, you go from 10 to 13, it doesn't change anything. They got to score two touchdowns. So it was the right call the second time to go for it. I'm kicking that field goal early. Um yeah, I'm kicking that field goal early. That, that's all there is to it. Uh, real quick question. we were I think we were two or three. Let me see. Tim says, what were we ranked in 2019? I can go back right now. Boom, right there. In 2019, we had defensively, we had the eighth defense from points, second defense from yards. Offensively, we we're second in points and fourth in yards. So both top ten. Um, 
So again, if we just look at points scored, which I think is probably the one of the truest metrics, um, 2019, eighth defense, second offense. And if we go to this year, let's see here, got to load the page. We are eighth on offense and first on defense. So if you combine those, right, two plus eight is 10 uh, combined. We're nine. Lower the number, the better. So from a team standpoint, make no mistake about it, this year is way better. And one of the best indicators of that is the point differential. That is, let's be real. What the 49ers are doing collectively, they have the highest point differential in the entire NFC at 145. Um, they're ahead of the Eagles. They're ahead of the Cowboys. Man, you know what? I know it's crazy. Only four teams in the NFC, I'm looking at this now, have a positive point differential. Only four. Because the NFC sucks. <laughs> there are literally three good teams. The Vikings are plus five. We're 145. Eagles 137. Cowboys 133. There's only three teams. It, the fact, again, there's 16 teams. Four have positive point scales. Because they're just blowing everybody out. You go back to 2019. I talked about this on the show. Every game was close. The cardiac kids. It was stressful. I was sweating. Like, every single game was just like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This field goal. Oh, not anymore. 49ers have played two games within a touchdown. That's it. That's it. Every game is a freaking blowout. Every game is a freaking blowout. Oh, I like I missed this comment. Uh, we were in the DeLorean again going back and forth. I like it. But, you know, Brock Purdy, the kids just got it. And I'm so excited to just allow this to continue to kind of marinate. Uh, <laughs> why don't you let that marinate? Uh, shout out to uh, Letter Kitty. But it's, I don't know, man. Can't get complacent, which he talked about. It's unreal. And I don't like talking about it near as much. I, I should do full shows on Purdy, and I get it. But I don't want it to make it about Purdy because I think this team is so freaking weird and unique that any quarterback that steps in could have success. We've seen it this year. We're on third quarterback. Won eight in a row games. Eight games in a row. Sorry, dyslexia strikes again. It always does. Let's get back to these scores. So Brock Purdy for his second. Spencer freaking Burford. Um, I love it. Josh, uh, 49ers faithful forever. He says Burford has been subpar. He has been. He responded. He responded this game. Burford, I think five games in a row was bottom five in PFF scores. He's number three with a 78.8. He had the highest run blocking grade. I freaking love it. And so we knew it was going to be up and down. Burford comes out early on, takes his starting job. Brunskill's hurt. Just freaking solid, 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 solid. Dipped down. Now responded. Can he keep that play up there? That's what I want to know, right? That's what I want to see. And so Ayuk was fourth, 75.7. Brunskill, fifth, 74.7. Outside of that, the offensive grades were really low. Those are the only five players over a 70 grade. Trent Williams had a 66.1. He came in sixth. And McGlinchey, 65.7. I thought McGlinchey played well. Now, if we go to the bottom, the bottom five players, um, Ty Davis Price, 56.1. He only got 13 snaps, but nine carries. Ray Ray McLeod finished with a 54.3, which is interesting because you had that huge play. Um, 
And Ray Ray spoke afterwards, which I loved. And they asked him about the 71-yard touchdown. And the very first thing that he starts doing is talking about his teammates. My thought this week was uh, Kyle said, you got to do better than Debo. That's what Zach is in the meeting. And uh, me, and Debo, me and Debo, that's like my brother. So it's always a competitive thing. And uh, I just my number was called. I wanted to make a play. And uh, it's not me making a play, honestly. It was the line, man, the front. Christian making his block. And uh, Mike pancaking his dude. Willie Sneed sitting the edge. And uh, I think anybody in that position of getting that ball uh, would make the same play. Uh, and we put points on the board. Dude, like, okay, Ray Ray is a career vet that's bounced around teams, teams, teams. He gets his first press conference. His first press conference. That was the first time he spoke. And what did he do? He talked about Debo. He talked about McGlinchey, CFC, Sneed. Like, that's different. So, you know, you look at how the culture of this team continues to be built, right? The 49ers. And you get this guy who's, again, he's kind of a journeyman. Gets his first press conference. Scored a 70-plus yard touchdown. First thing he does, talk about his teammates. God, man. Whew. That gets me jazzed, baby. Whenever you get role players like freaking Ray Ray that buy into a system, you got to find guys that fit. If they don't fit, don't bring them in. This dude fits. He fits. And on top of that, um, I've I've really liked this new adaptation of Kyle, where I think he's so comfortable that he kind of pecks at his stars. Right? We, we had it earlier, where um, Kyle called out Nick Bosa in the defensive line the day before a game. Right? Y'all remember that? And you know he called out Bosa and all that stuff. And Bosa goes out there, gets like three sacks, and then after the game, this is my favorite clip ever. I, I want to play this clip all the time. Just because it just makes me happy. This is what Bosa said after the game. It's like, don't talk shit about me anymore. <laughs> or or talk more shit about me. Because light the fire. And so, all right. So that's hilarious. But he calls out. I'm just going to let Kyle tell the story. He called out Debo in the meeting. And Debo can't even play on this Ray Ray when they were installing it. No, it's the exact same. Um, it's, in, it's in our dead series. Um it was fun to install it because I could mess up with I could mess with Debo last night I, when I was in the opener. So when I installed it, I told um, I said no one Debo was in the back. This runs looked bad all year, but now we got the right guy on us. So I have a feeling this is going to score. And I was definitely being sarcastic, but it was really fun to look for Debo when it did hit like that. So <laughs> he's like, they look surprised. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot more fun when. You don't emotion, and I watch 11 guys run over there to play you. Um, they'll probably start doing that for Raria, though, too, now. And I thought, I'm glad that last, uh, shout out to Juan, man. He's, God, Juan's so clutch, man. Uh, keeping that last clip in there after the question. That's the difference. You've run that play with Debo so many times, but after what happened last year with Debo's 1,770-yard season, everybody's keen on Debo. And so when Debo does the jet motions like we used to, you see the entire defense just whoomp. Just the gravity is the word I use all the time. Then you bring in CMC, so now you got two guys' gravity, and that's creating holes for Kittle. Well, guess what? They they didn't give Ray Ray the Debo treatment, and he made him pay for it. And <laughs> right here, man, I love this. Uh, Brock Purdy, Super Bowl MVP, I love the, the, the tag there. He says, I didn't even know Steed was on our team this week. I didn't either. You know, the way I watch the games is I, I have my computer screen here where I'm, like, tweeting and keep taking notes. 
Then I have another screen right on top of me, um, right on top of this computer that's on a delay so that I can see the play afterwards. Then I have the TV up on top of that. So I'm watching live on the TV as soon as the play is over. Then I watch the delayed version. Then I go down and have a bootleg on the side of my screen where I record uh, if I get time so that I can see what happens. And so I'm like, I see the play and I was like, who the hell threw that block? And then I look over there. I was like, 80 something. Who's that? Then I go to the third one. That's Willie damn Sneed. Um, like it's hilarious to me um, that you get these guys, David. Yeah. Willie Sneed making a contribution. Love it. Like they're all over the place. Tara says, yeah, his hair is fire. So for those of you that are just listening to the audio version of this, not watching it live, type in Ray Ray McLeod press conference. And as he talks, man, the fro just like bounces, which is so fire, man. Um, Nick says, yeah, I realized Sneed was involved in the play after Ray Ray mentioned him. It, it's these unsung kind of studs. Ray Ray McLeod, Michael Dumfor. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jordan Willis, T.Y. McGill. You get the Ambry Thomas coming in like – Every team has studs, and probably the clearest like example of this conversation is how I have talked about the Rams for five years. And I've been saying for five years, top-heavy, no-depth, bunch of Jags. If they stay healthy, they will be great. If they have injuries, they're going to be trash. Well, the Rams were the most healthy team five straight years in a row in the NFL. The most, least amount of injuries. Well, look at what they did those five years. This year, they've had average injuries. Not even like the 49ers have had more injuries than the Rams this year. By far. By far. But teams can overcome injuries. Some teams can't. The way this roster has been built, credit Shanahan, credit John Lynch, you've had all these injuries, but it don't matter. You're on your third quarterback. The offensive player of the year, Debo, I don't think you want I think Cup won it. The all-pro wide receiver last year, 1,770 total yards. Has it played? You just scored 30 points in the second half against a top-eight defense. Against a top-eight defense. So, I, ah, ah. Niners Nation uh, says, John Juwan had a huge block down the field that allowed Kittle to get a second. He did. And Juwan Jennings has been great. Um, yeah, I, I don't have this clip. But you are exactly correct. Juwan Jennings played great. And it's easy to focus on the drops, which he's really bad at. It has been. Um, you know, his score was bad. He, he finished 17th out of 18 players. So second lowest with a 53.2. Uh, Tyler Croft was dead last with a 53. Kyle Juszczyk, third to last, 54.2. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's what it is. You know what I mean? And so you take it and... <sighs> It's not so much – it's easy to watch these plays and these games. There's 52 offensive plays, which really isn't a lot. And it's easy to say, all right, if I wanted to, okay, here's how this podcast could have went. Mike McGlinchey sucks. Did you see those two drive killers? Absolutely terrible. 49ers offense is trash. They can't score in the red zone. They went one for five. This is what I could do. I, this is not who I am, but I could spit it that way. And I could talk about how the 49ers are lucky or whatever else. But that's selecting the few instead of looking at the whole damn picture. Yeah, you can do that. And certain people on social media will, and they'll probably get more views than I do. And that's cool. But that's not the story. 
because whenever you take a step back and you look at, you know, the forest instead of the tree, you see so much positive. That if you just focus on the small and, and you don't step out, you don't get Aaron Banks. You don't get Jake Brindle, who continues to improve. Still an issue, but improve. You don't get those things. You'd be like, oh, CMC had it. Kyle Shanahan can't use CMC. He only had 58 total yards. Okay, that's cool. But then you look at how many first downs did he get? How much coverage did Christian McCaffrey pull so that George Kittle could be open continuously? Right? Brandon Ayuk, tough catches over the middle. And how the defense literally just shifted towards wherever Ayuk was. I don't know, man. Um, I, I'm pretty pumped about what this culture and what this team continues to bring. Uh, Niners Nation said, did you see Debo and Purdy at the Warriors game? I did. And what a... Could you imagine what would have happened if Brock Purdy was sitting next to Debo week four of the season? They would not have even put Brock Purdy's name on the big screen. It would have been Debo is at the Warriors game with teammates. What a difference uh, has come in such a short time. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I'm very... I was talking to my friend Ricky. What's up, Ricky? Uh, who I sat at the Miami game with. Uh, him and his buddies. They were incredible. And, you know, we were texting about the game. And I was like, dude, there's going to be a time where we're going to tell this story. I was at the game. The game where Jimmy G got hurt, which sucks. But Brock Purdy came in, which is amazing. Like, we're going to be able to tell. That's going to be a story, right? When we get older, which I'm already pretty old. But, like, that's that's a story. I was at the game when Brock Purdy came off the bench, beat the Dolphins, won three straight afterwards, fill in the blank where this story goes. That is a story in our la lifetime. As a Niners fan, like, that, we're on the precipice of that. It's not there yet. But, damn, it set the stage pretty damn well. Oh. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited, baby. And, yeah, Flynn, Brock Purdy's the best story of the NFL this season. I think you're exactly correct. Um, and, yeah, I'm very hopeful. I am. And I'm just trying to focus on this game, but it's hard. It's hard. What's up, Sid? Oh, man, I hope you enjoy having a great time. Uh, they're on vacation. They're great people. The story is still being written. Ah, oh, God, that's a good name. That's a, that's, a, that's a title for a podcast right there, man. I love it. And we're going to have the time this offseason, which is going to be great. But, man, to, to look back, ugh, just freaking enjoy where we're at right now. Oh, I'm so pumped all the freaking time about this. And I'm thankful to you guys. We are going to be giving away a lot of stuff. We've got the uh, hats that we're going to be giving away. Get your hashtag CCs. Turn that notification bell on because the next time I go live tomorrow, we're going to be giving some stuff away, and I hope you guys win it. Patreon, as soon as the NFL loads the film, I'm going to do my best to get that out there with you. Take it to family bowling. Uh, we're going to go watch a movie and all that kind of stuff today. So I'll fit it in whenever I can, whether it's late tonight. Uh, I'll get it to you guys. As soon as it's up, I will get it to you. Thank you guys for all the support. And until next time, stay strong faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.